Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Random History Podcast. And this podcast will discuss the Napoleonic Code as part of a kind of wider discussion on legal documents. And I am planning on to carry this on into next week to talk about other important documents. I would not mention things like the Constitution or anything like that. I'm thinking things more like the Table of Ranks, but I will probably continue this on for at least part of next week. Because I think this is very interesting, and it's something that we don't really cover in history enough, I feel. So I'm going to talk about now the... Napoleonic Code, which is officially known as the Civil Code of France, but I'm going to call of the French, but I'm going to call it the Napoleonic Code just because it makes stores. It makes more sense, and it's just kind of easier to say. So the history of the Napoleonic Code is that it was actually not made from French laws, but as I mentioned in my podcast, it would be drawn mostly from Justinian's codification of Roman law, the Corpus Juris Civilis. And within it, the, and especially the institutes with their, like, various thoughts and kind of discussions of law theory and various aspects of it. And the institute would actually divide laws into pers- laws into the laws of three categories, persons, things, and actions. And the Napoleonic Code would do it into four sections in a similar fashion. Persons, property, acquisition of property, and civil procedure. So this was not the first codif- attempted codification of, of French laws. And, uh, b- but before this, France did not really have a single set. Laws were often made of local customs, which were often compiled in various things. However, there were a lot of exceptions and privileges and special like exceptions granted by kings, so the laws were definitely very confusing. However, feudalism was abolished by, or was abolished in France, at least for now, during the revolution. And specifically in, in civil law, they do, they ended up trying, deciding to replace the many different bodies of law with a single one and the and various assemblies would actually kind of call for this adaption or kind of call for this compilation and the various commissions and conventions would attempt to do so however they would not really be they would end up rejecting many of them because of either like length too much length not enough length not enough, like, discussion, not sometimes too brief, sometimes too long, and just various things. And oftentimes people would say that, like, they need to be more technical, or there'd be a lot of complaints against the various attempts. And then later on, and then even during this period, there'd also be further rejections because people were more concerned with, like, dealing with all the current issues rather than this. And then later on, there would be Napoleon, of course, as it is named after him, who would actually do the reform. And because of all these failures, attempts, just because of all those distractions at the time. And Napoleon, and Napoleon, interestingly enough, even though he was kind of like, even though he, he was part of it, but he wasn't majorly involved in the revolution, like in the political side of it, he would still try to reform it in, like the, in accordance with the ideas of the French Revolution, partly because of Old feudal and the old royal laws were oftentimes confusing and very contradictory. And there'll be various re- rejected drafts. The various rejected drafts will be kind of thrown to the side. And then, but after Napoleon came to power in 1799, they would make a fresh start completely like, where a lot of the other attempts would kind of go off each other and like kind of build on each other to make a more successful forum. They kind of wiped their slate clean and made a fresh start. They would establish a commission of four very important jurists. And then sometimes Napoleon would kind of be involved, but oftentimes 
he would kind of let them do their own thing, but he would step in when he like wanted to, he would kind of just do certain things. And it would only it would be completed in about one year by eighteen oh one. But because of the scrutiny by the Council of State, which was a kind of a body of the national government that was kind of a Supreme Court slash like advisor of the executive, it would not be published until eighteen oh four. And it would be first promulg- it would be kind of first like promulgated or kind of spread around as the so called Civil Code of the French. But it would be renamed the Napoleonic Code from 1807 to 1815, and would be once again named that after the Second French Empire. And as I previously mentioned, it was very inspired by Justinian's codification of Roman law, but it was very different in, a very, in, one imp- in several important ways, sorry. It would incorporate all kinds of important rules, not only like a legislator, and it was not a like, collection of edited like extracts, but it was a complete rewrite of things, in addition to this, it was much more rational in its structure. It was written like the common language of the people rather than something that was much like less common. And it, unlike Justinian law, it did not have very much religious content. So, I mean, it had no religious content. This is because why the Justinians had a state law and needed to then for, therefore, incorporate a lot of stuff about law, about religion, just because of its state religion. The French did not have the same thing, so they did not have to do that. And this was actually, the Napoleonic Code in of itself was a fundamental change in the nature of the civil law system, as it made laws clearer and more accessible. And it also ended up kind of creating the whole conflict between royal legislative power and judges representing, like, like how they would, like, hold conflicts between the idea of how the royal can, people can make all the laws they wanted, while judges are supposed to, like, help people or help the classes against these laws. As a result, this just ended up, and basically, as a response to like, all this conflict between judges and the emperors and the kings, they ended up introducing a general rule that basically made it so, not so they ended up introducing a provision that prevented judges from deciding a case by introducing a rule because this rule, the idea was that the rules are an ex- exercise of legislative and not judicial power, this basically says that means that there is no case law. There's not no case law is. It's basically a compilation of all these previous dis- courts and similar tribunals that basically are used to help with future decisions. They did not do this. However, there was still issue. However, there was kind of a huge issue. So, like in theory, there was no case law, but the court still had to fill in gaps in the laws and regulations and could not refuse to do so. And then this ended up requiring, and even the code itself would require interpretation. So even though case law was theoretically not possible, it was necessary because of the structure of the law code. And interestingly enough is that there is no like rule of stare decisis, aka by precedent in French law, but courts are mostly, but the courts are most oftenly and usually like the important decisions by important courts are basically equivalent to case law in the way that they work in that they base themselves off previous decisions. And the, the some key factors and key features of the Napoleonic Code is that laws could only be applied if they had been like truly and like fully like spread throughout the land and only if they've been officially published. So like no secret laws, no laws that apply to events that happened beforehand. And like the justices could not Say, like, the law is insufficient, they have to interpret the law to do certain things. 
Interesting enough is that it actually created the... It established the supremacy of the man over the wife and children. So basically, men had more rights than women. Women had a rights less than men type deal. And that's about it. I'm not going to talk about it for now. Thanks for listening, folks. And I will be back in a minute with another podcast on another legal document. Thanks for listening, everyone. And once again, this was the Random History Podcast.